Today on the Ancestral Findings Podcast, what is the Bill of Rights? It is the first ten amendments to the Constitution. There were promises made to include a Bill of Rights to the Constitution in exchange for state-ratifying committees approving the new Constitution as the law of the land. These amendments were added in December 1791. This series explores each of the amendments of the Bill of Rights. When the Articles of Confederation were worked over into the Constitution, there were several members of ratifying committees in the states that would only vote to ratify the Constitution if it included a Bill of Rights for the people. The Constitutional Convention promised this, and in exchange, they got the votes they needed to ratify the Constitution as the law of the land for the new nation of America. As promised, the Bill of Rights was added after ratification, and it became the first ten amendments to the Constitution. The Bill of Rights was officially ratified and added to the Constitution on December 15, 1791. These are the amendments of the Bill of Rights as they were written, and with a little meaning behind each of them. The First Amendment. The First Amendment reads, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof, or abridging the freedom of speech, or of the press, or the right of the people peaceably to assemble, and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. This is a short and simple amendment in presentation, but it says a lot in just a few words. In fact, many political scientists, constitutional scholars, and even lay people consider this the most important of the amendments that compromise the Bill of Rights. The first part of the amendment deals with religion. In England, from which the United States had just broken away, there was an official church of the nation, the Anglican Church, also known as the Church of England, that was similar to the Roman Catholic Church. This meant that religion was highly regimented there and controlled by the government. Those who were truly Christians had to do so underground. The religion clause of this amendment simply means that the U.S. government cannot establish an official religion or church of the United States. It takes the role of religion out of the government so the people can worship freely. The freedom of speech and of the press clauses are next in this amendment. The Founding Fathers recognized that these two things were paramount to a free society. In England, one could not speak out against the government or publish anything critical of it, without the risk of severe punishment. This ensures the government will not interfere with people's freedom of speech or with the freedom of the press to publish what they like, whether it is critical of the government or not. This does not mean, however, that these freedoms are absolute, only that the government will not interfere with them. Private companies and institutions and individuals in their own homes can censor speech on their property. This is why private companies like Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram can censor speech because they are not the government. They are private companies and can do what they like. The press can be sued for libel by private individuals, but the government cannot control what the press publishes. Finally, this amendment gives the people the right to peaceably assemble and 
to petition the government for a redress of grievances. The right to peacefully protest is a fundamental First Amendment right, as is telling the government in writing what you want and why. The key word here is peaceable. Once a gathering or assembly becomes unpeaceful, or when threatening words are used in a petition for the redress of grievances, then that is not protected under the First Amendment. The Second Amendment is a simple one, coming in at just one sentence. Yet, it is the one that people in the United States argue the most about today regarding its meaning. This is a description of that amendment, what it says, what it does not say, and what the Founding Fathers probably intended, as well as what we have no way of knowing what their intentions were. The Second Amendment in the Bill of Rights is one that is often brought up in modern politics. It is a quick and easy amendment, and it does not say much. In fact, what it doesn't say is often the cause of debate on its actual meaning today. This amendment seems straightforward, but there is much between the lines to read, or not read, depending on your interpretation of it. One of the jobs of the U.S. Supreme Court is to interpret the Constitution, including the amendments like the Bill of Rights, taking into consideration what they believe were the original intents of the Founding Fathers. Yet, in spite of all of the attention this amendment receives these days, the Supreme Court has not, thus far, made a definitive interpretation of it. Therefore, we are all left to interpret it for ourselves for the time being. Thanks for listening to the Ancestral Findings Podcast. You can subscribe to the podcast on YouTube and iTunes. Also, check out AncestralFindings.com for free genealogy lookups, ebooks, and weekly giveaways. Happy searching! <laughs>